0: because the world is better when women succeed. And I envisioned a world where clothes didn't restrict us but rather empowered us. So um, we want to deliver comfort, empower performance. And that's performance of the clothes translating to the performance of the woman in every single way possible in her life. Um, and to do everything in a way that is environmentally and socially responsible.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Sustainability Issue Podcast. I'm Desi, your host, and today I'm super excited because I have Joanna Dye as my guest. Joanna Dye is a founder and CEO of innovative women's wear brand Dye. Dye delivers comfort-empowered performance for the modern woman, designing at the intersection of eco-certified technical fabrics, minimal aesthetics, and timeless silhouettes. The brand is committed to empowering women and making a positive environmental and social impact. They launched in 2017 and since then they've been tremendously growing and are a pioneer in sustainable materials innovation and tech-enabled fit. Joanna is a U.S. expat based in London and was previously an investment banker for eight years at J.P. Morgan in New York and London. She graduated from Cornell University with a bachelor's in electrical and computer engineering and hails from Southern California, which could explain her obsession with comfort and ease. I was super lucky to interview Joanna for my master thesis about sustainable fashion three years ago, shortly after she had launched the brand. And her journey has been a huge inspiration so far. So I'm even more excited to have her on the show today. Welcome Joanna.
0: Thank you so much for that introduction. I always like
1: to start with a little bit of a backstory and ask everyone how they got to where they are now. So could you tell us a little bit about that um, and why you do what you do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I um, had my career, as you mentioned, uh, at J.P. Morgan for eight years and I loved looking tailored and looking smart and polished and Um, while that was important to me I realized for especially women working you know I was working up to 16 hours a day running around the trading floor going to meetings or having lots of flights traveling same day a bunch of meetings and flying back the last flight and I realized that these clothes didn't keep up with me Um, you know they at the end of the day could feel uncomfortable they didn't stretch very much and they wrinkled easily and it was um on one of these flights i had a 4 a.m cab pickup fully dressed in my suit flew from london to stockholm had a day of meetings running around and boarded the 8 pm coming back and i sat in my seat then and wish i were in my yoga leggings and then i thought to myself can this feel like yoga and still look like a power suit it was 2016 when i had this thought and it had been almost 20 years of at leisure and lululemon and sweaty betty um, these performance brands booming. And so I thought and envisioned a brand and a world where women weren't restricted by clothes, but rather empowered. And to have clothes that don't wrinkle or four-way stretch, breathable, you can throw on the machine. And um, all of these performance attributes I envisioned could make women's lives that much better. So that was the start of the journey. Um, That was the idea, at least at the time. And then um, from there, I took the steps of enrolling in London College of Fashion, in design and pattern cutting, um, doing a three month unpaid internship with a luxury British women's wear designer, Amelia Wickstead, and then going off of my journey finding, you know, over 60 different performance fabrics, testing them for clean tailoring construction um, and launching the first collection in 2017.
1: That's such a cool founding story. And I love this motivation for the brand coming out of your own experience of this gap in the market. And I'm curious, what is for you the mission of dye and what does it mean to you?
0: The mission and the vision is because the world is better when women succeed, and I envision a world where clothes didn't restrict us but rather empowered us. So um, we want to deliver comfort, empower performance, and that's performance of the clothes translating to the performance of the woman in every single way possible in her life, Um, and to do everything in a way that is environmentally and socially responsible. Um, which I think we're going to get into a lot more in, in this conversation. But uh, starting a fashion brand in 2017 was coming onto um, a global industry that was already being very well known for its um, polluting factors on the planet. And so when I had a chance to design a whole new company and supply chain, um, we, I did it all with a lot of uh, awareness and intention around the environmental and social impacts that was positive for the world that's amazing and i have a question with
1: regards to the sustainability movement as a whole it seems sometimes that it's um, mainly led by women and i was wondering why
0: do you think that is i think there are um several factors, for me at least, that seem um, obvious or I'm I'm observing. And I think one is women are natural problem solvers. Um, If you think about the historical role of women in any aspect, um, we want to solve problems and we want to make improvements to things. Um, I think you know, if we really stereotype, generally men versus women, men are more black and white, more objective, more you know historically the the, the breadwinner in a lot of families, and so um, in the context of capitalism, uh, which has led to revenue and growth and on a global scale, I think you know men go in and execute. And I think it's the women that can see, you know, if something is no longer sustainable, and in our case, the global fashion industry is not, um, I think women can see through that and want to present a, a, a solution to the problem um, and see how we can do things differently. And I also think women come in bringing more empathy and compassion. And with that already is, is a different set of, um, perspectives to try and tackle problems differently. Right.
1: And, uh, as a woman and someone who's walked the walk, um, do you have any advice for aspiring women entrepreneurs?
0: Yes. Um, I have lots of bits of advice, but in answering this one, it's for me, it's something that I've even continued to evolve over my three and a half years on this journey. And it's know your purpose. I think towards the end of my career in investment banking, I felt that the everyday grind, the going in and out wasn't fulfilling for me anymore. I wanted to create something that was more tangible, um, that I wanted to create something that could have an immediate impact in a positive way for people um, rather than the different sort of everyday numbers that I was dealing with and so I think that journey has continued to progress and evolve for me but really knowing my purpose which is even clearer now today than ever and especially in the moments where um, the times are really hard you really have to have that purpose in mind for you to keep pursuing and keep going forward um, and keep keep building your mission. To every other decision that you make so i think yeah that's the one bit of advice i would give female entrepreneurs really cool thank you and now shifting gears towards die again
1: i noticed there are these five pillars on your website um, about dye, and they are the following minimizing the environmental impact circularity ethically made in europe that is a certified B corporation and it's made by women for women. And I'd love you to elaborate a little bit on each one of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, As I started the journey and realized that um, I was entering into an industry that had a huge negative environmental footprint on the planet. um, I asked questions of our earliest suppliers in terms of what they were doing to minimize their environmental impact. Um, It turned out actually that sourcing Asking some just basic questions and then sourcing primarily through Europe already put our supply chain um, ahead in terms of environmental impact. A lot of the mills that we um, worked with from the very early stage who we continue to work with today really invested into looking at, you know, eco certifications. What does that mean? Are there ke- harmful chemicals and substances used in their production of their textiles? And um, it turns out that a lot of the mills and and today 88% of our textiles are eco certified. They're te- c- tested to be chemically safe on your skin. Um, we looked at and, and work with um, mills that are already using renewable energy sources or they were like a decade ago investing into new technology that reduced and recycled more water than other factories. Um, we also embedded into our early stages, you know, who we worked with on f- fulfillment, logistics and shipments. Um, as an e-commerce direct to consumer company, a lot of shipments um, happen. So we work and partner with one that allows us to 100% offset our carbon emissions on every single shipment that goes out and from that perspective we are already reducing um, our own carbon footprint which um, causes and leads to um, climate change the second one is you know you mentioned circularity and for those um, that don't know what that means it is instead of the current process which is to make use and waste that is currently the fashion cycle for a lot of the fashion industry. What circular economy um, principles imply is to make use and reuse. And it can come in many different ways, shapes, and forms. I think maybe one of the most obvious ones that people do today is um, donating their clothes to give it a second life or buying you know, from vintage shops. In our own um, product development, we started, uh, like two years ago working with um and and introducing our Ecolux Essentials which is made from beechwood trees in sustainably managed forests. They're certified biodegradable and compostable at the end of their life. Um, They use less they use a closed loop process when they're manufactured as fibers, meaning that any sort of energy and chemicals are being recycled and reused and uh, repurposed in another way. Um, We are also incorporating more and more recycled yarns into our product um, pipeline, and we have a goal of reaching 50% recycled fibers by 2021, uh, the end of 2021. Our third one is um, being ethically made Um, And today, 100% of our manufacturing happens in the EU, which um, are working under the highest um, human and labor rights um, standards around the world. 83% of our suppliers have signed our code of conduct. um, And our code of conduct ensures social environmental responsibility as set by the UN. Um, And then all of our employees in London are paid above the London living wage, um, which is far beyond um, just the national statutory minimum wage, but also in the fashion industry, which is notorious for basically not paying interns. Um, We are very much uh, against that and we set our standards as such. Um, On our fourth one, it's been very exciting having done all the groundwork in the past three and a half years leading up to this point, but the fourth one is a certified B corporation, um, which means that we are one of the thousands of businesses around the world that are reinventing business by pursuing good for our people and planet, not just for profit. Um, we just achieved our certification this year in November, and we're really proud to join the global community of, um, of leaders using business as a force for good, not just a force for profit. Um, and finally, by Women for Women, the mission always started with empowering women and doing that through comfort and performance. And um, I think you know, one of the goals along the way and along the journey is to make sure that we brought women along with us, Um, obviously through our customers and community, um, and then through our uh, full-time team and all of our team members. Um, But also, you know, on our board and investors, it's over 65% female, which is definitely um, an outlier and very, Uh, a very um, unique situation for a a company to be in. If you look at all the stats around um, other companies with investors or even female um, founders, I think that's a, a very exciting achievement for us. That's so cool. Well, congratulations on that. That's amazing. And
1: yeah, being a certified B Corp is really the highest standard in the industry for a company that uses the business to create social change. So Mm -hmm. that's really, really cool. And now shifting towards the future, what would you say is coming in the next few years for DAI?
0: Absolutely. Um, So the first one coming out of doing all of the analysis and um, impact reporting that we've done this year uh, to get to the B Corp status, we have a very clear idea now of our carbon emissions on a SKU and product level. And so the one of the first and imminent goals for 2021 is be- to become fully carbon neutral. Um, we know every we can calculate the carbon emissions um, in kilograms of CO2 for every single product that we sell. We know the shipping impact for every product that we ship. So um, we are currently doing research and investigating into the various different ways we can contribute and offset carbon through credits, through um, accredited climate project, uh, climate positive projects, um, and looking at many ways that we can do that. So being uh, carbon neutral and in fact, carbon positive in 2021 is um, our near-term goal, and it's very achievable for us. The second one is to continue um, on our journey in circular economy. I mentioned a few um, products and styles that already incorporate the principles of that, the make use reuse um, concept. And I think we wanna continue to do that even further. Um, One of the goals being replacing our products with 50% recycled fibers by the end of 2021. And then we are looking and innovating in other ways that we can do that, including potentially a trade-in um, or rental program in the future where, you know, people can use our clothes and if they no longer um, are using them, then there's a way to for us to take those back and repurpose them. Um, and I think the third one is one that is going to be an ongoing mission for us is continuing to educate our customer base and the consumer, because there's a lot of confusion um, around what it means to be sustainable for the fashion and apparel industry. Um, There's some greenwashing, I think, out there going on. And I think it is a um, a very big topic to tackle with so many different tangents and aspects of it. And so to be able to tell our consumers in a, in a very understandable way, what that means for us and all the initiatives that we're doing um, is something that is gonna be a priority for us um, from next year and onwards. Absolutely, I think this is so important, judging by
1: my own surroundings and contacts, there's so many people who care about the impact of their wardrobes, but they don't really know where to start. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Exactly, um, and I, I think, um, Another point I should mention on this one is, you know, we're part of the UN's fashion charter for climate change. We're part of um, the UK Walpole's um, sustainability working group and Walpole is the Official body, sect, The official body that represents the luxury sector in the UK um, and so I think being a part uh, or a thought leader in the community and being able to contribute what we find, but also, you know, leverage on what others are finding and pulling in together um, all of the resources across the industry to together make an impact um, for the industry and for the for the planet is an important one. So I think continuing to be an active community member within our industry is something that we're going to um, pursue and continue to do. Absolutely. And
1: now looking at the bigger picture of the industry, what do you think is, is going to change in the fashion industry at large in the next five to 10 years with regards to sustainability?
0: Yeah, so I think sustainability in the next five to 10 years for the larger industry is gonna be mandatory for every brand, for every company. It's gonna be so basic and fundamental and mandatory to every brand that operates um, in the new context because that has to be the base case. It's almost like you know the way we think today about some of these ethical issues like child labor that's not acceptable and in the future being a company that does negative impact to the world or to its people is just going to be it's not acceptable so I think that's going to be a baseline for everyone in the next five to ten years. Um, I think as an industry as a whole there are very large forces up to the UN and um, things like the Paris Agreement that are really trying to reduce Um, the impact that the global industry has on carbon emissions and climate change. And that's a really important one because fashion does make up um, some reports say up to 10% of the global carbon emissions at current state, which is I think only behind like the oil and gas sector, which is quite scary. And a lot of that has been propelled since fast fashion came into, really came into play, um, maybe over 20 years now, but that impact has, you know, continued to exponentially multiply. And now there's so much waste on the planet that um, it's unsustainable going forward and will continue to be tackled. Um, I think the consumer, you know, in the whole chain of the things that happen in this ecosystem, the consumer behavior needs to change. Um, you know, evolution of what sustainability means to how we consume apparel and fashion. I think that's going to continue to gain awareness in mainstream media and the mainstream consumer. Um, And it's going to take time. And I I guess like one analogous industry to compare it to is like the food industry and how much more aware we are now of, you know, what it means to be organic or where um, produces come that are fair trade. Um, it's taken a long time to get that to that point. I think the disadvantage of fashion versus food is that food is you literally intake it into your body, it affects your health directly. And so people can really understand that a lot more. Whereas for fashion, it's something you put on um, and you don't necessarily see or visualize or um, appreciate all the impact it could directly have um, on the planet. So it, it's gonna take a bit more work. Um, And then I think in the next five to ten years, the concept of more circular economy, so really reusing, um, extending the life cycles, rental programs, um, being more of a shared economy rather than an owned economy, um, business model as it relates to fashion is going to come into play a a lot more. And um, I would be really excited to see that all come on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And... Talking about changes and changing consumer behavior, this year has been really challenging because of the COVID crisis. For the fashion industry, everything changed. This industry suffered the worst year on record for many companies. Consumer behavior shifted. Supply chains were disrupted. And how did the pandemic affect Dai as a brand? And what do you think the meaning of this whole situation is for fashion?
0: So um, it's such a good question because our entire brand and the strongest message in terms of a visual that we had before the pandemic was the the visual and the concept of this bold, um, high-performing power woman wearing these clothes that really performed for her to leave the home, to go to work, to travel, to go to meetings. Um, And so when the pandemic hit, um, it definitely impacted us as a brand and the media effect was quite significant to us as a brand. Um, Overnight, we saw, you know, the demand for especially our tailoring and suiting dropped significantly. Um, And I think like everyone else, we were kind of in a react, sort of react and then rebuild mode um, in March, April, and May, but we really focused our efforts in April and May towards helping and supporting the NHS. We donated 18,000 pounds worth of our best-selling trousers to these women who were pulling overtime hours, just wanted something comfortable to get in and out of work and get on and get home to, you know, take care of their families after they were taking care of patients. Um, And having a significant or making um, an impact there to those who were on the front lines felt like something that we could be doing. Um, In May, we launched masks and it was just the day after um, Boris and the UK government announced that face coverings were mandatory for being outside in public settings. And um, knowing what we know about fabrics, innovative fabrics, and then investigating um, more into what was antimicrobial and certified and breathable, we were ahead of the game in doing that. The day we launched our masks for pre-order was one of our top online sales days ever, and when we thought we were making a first production of 300 units of masks, we made 10,000 masks in the first run. So it just kind of spoke to the scale of that. Um, as time went on this year, we really listened to our customers. We were observing what the news, this new norm, this new normal, looked like for her, and did an extensive um, customer research and survey over the summer and really understood that the clothes that we needed to bring to her needed to be for every day. Um, And for us, that means not just the day she's working from home, but women were doing the double duty of also taking care of their kids or doing the drop-offs, doing the home education, um, doing all the household work, but in addition to continuing on with their careers. And and then when the offices reopened, some of them were getting back to the office for a few days a week or taking alternative weeks. And so what did a collection look like that um, answered every single aspect of her life, the everyday, everywhere, every time, everything? For every woman, and this fall we launched the Every Collection. Um, it's pieces that are Um, more versatile than ever and more purposeful than ever. You can throw a blazer on, still go to your board meeting, but you can also be jumping on a bike with a secure phone pocket and be cycling to the grocery store or to to work because people aren't taking public transport as much now. Um, And thinking about concepts like that, it's also our most sustainable collection ever with more um, introduced on the natural fibers and circular economy front. Um, So I think for us, it's definitely been, Uh, a very interesting year, but one that is an opportunity and we perceive it as such and we really made it so that we continue to deliver performance for our customer. What do I think it meant for the broader fashion community? I think when people were at home during lockdown and and still in lockdown, you know, you realize there's absolutely no need for the frivolous fast fashion, um, constantly changing your wardrobe, constantly having something that is clothing that is disposable and I think it really accelerated the awareness for sustainability and fashion and that means you know high quality everyday essentials um, that really stand the test of time and are gonna last in your wardrobe and eliminating the need for anything that was just wasteful. Um, and I think it's been really interesting to see that too in in the survey that we had with our customers. Um, sustainability as a factor of importance jumped up by nine percent year on year versus the same question a year ago. And um, it's really great to see, you know, the broader our consumer and our community adapt this or have that be the top of mind um, coming through this year. Totally. I think, yeah, there's
1: it's never been more important to listen to consumers and to adapt to change than it's been this year.
0: Absolutely. And, um, and I think the final point I'll make here is that we always started with timeless classic silhouettes. And, um, you know, when we look at the mood boards that we have or the research that we do into what we're designing um, being timeless yet modern is one of our main pillars in our design document and design declaration. So um, having that already embedded into our design process m- meant that um, everything that we're doing in terms of product at Dye already is, is, in, is building in the timelessness and the longevity that um, it needs for the broader aesthetic for us, but also like where the global fashion industry is headed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And last but not least, this is the last question I always like to ask because I do think that mindfulness and sustainability are inherently connected. And so do you have a practice or anything that keeps you grounded um, in your day-to-day life, your wardrobe and your business? Do you have an advice for other people as well?
0: Yeah. Since founding Dye, I've found I've really um, been able to simplify my wardrobe um, a lot. I basically have, let's call it, six core pieces that I just wear interchangeably. And I, I guess I would describe it as a capsule wardrobe. Um, I have several tops that I um, wear and then a few trousers that I know really serve me well throughout the day because they're comfortable and flexible and stretch and then just like mixing and matching them and it makes my life so much easier in the morning just to throw on, you know, today it might be my black eco layer on top with my midnight high power moves um, and that's a very put together outfit but it doesn't take a lot of effort. Um, it lasts a long time and it doesn't it doesn't wrinkle and it throws it, I throw it in the machine and it's good to go the next week. Um, and so I think that's really important but I think that also one it declutters my mind and my um, and optimizes my efficiency in the morning um, and two it kind of defines, you know, for me, that personal brand and personal image in that when I go out um, and have my meetings or um, well, this year on Zoom, it's very, it's it's a very um, defined sort of look or image for me that I have that I know I can rely on. And for us in the store, um, all of our stylists work with our customers who come in on really understanding, you know, their body shape and therefore what are the specific, pieces or silhouettes that really help flatter and accentuate their body shape and help them build that into their personal individual style. Um, And I think if that can be a language and clothes for everyone to um, have a solution for on a day to day basis or a weekly basis, then um i think that is a powerful contributor to mindfulness because it takes out some of the like a lot of the work that could you know stress you and then if you're uncomfortable with what you're wearing throughout your day or feel self-conscious you know i think a lot of for us as, as working women and professional women a lot of it is about confidence that that comes from feeling comfortable um and then i think you know play into that and build upon that the better quality and construction Um, inherently the timeless design. And I think all of that leads to um, a a woman who is more empowered. Um, In other ways of my daily life that I try to stay mindful um, outside of my wardrobe is um, I do quite a lot of exercise. I probably run about three times a week um, or more recently in the pandemic, I've been cycling a lot more as well and then um, in addition to that to that i do um i do bits and pieces of online yoga um i do some meditating um and then i i find it's really important to switch off so um it can be really crazy and busy all the time especially as an entrepreneur and i feel like making and building in that time to really do something else Whether that's, you know, for me, it comes through cooking or I've been taking up and learning new things um, during this winter break. Um, I think it's really important to use like different parts of your brain and really switch off because that allows the part that you need to really function at a high rev um, when you're back in it to be as optimized and productive as possible.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And Joanna, this was my last question as well. I thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure and it's been great following the diet journey so far. And I can't wait to see what's to come in the future. Thank you so much for having me, Desi. It was a pleasure. And thank you guys so much for joining our conversation. I hope you enjoyed it and um, feel free to follow Joanna on social media. I'm going to leave her handles in the show notes. And if you enjoyed the podcast, follow it and um, rate it on all the streaming platforms. And until next time.